Welcome to the Off Lead Podcast, presented by Gun Dog Outpost. My name is Tyler Meaden, and I'm your host. On today's episode, we have our first guest, Bennett Sheltra from Southern Striker Gun Dogs. Bennett is a, is a pro trainer. She just launched her own training business here in the past year. She's done a lot over the past couple of years. There's a lot of great uh, tips and advice and, and things you can pick up as you listen to her experiences. She also has a tremendous ability to connect with people, which has aided her greatly. I think we can all learn learn a lot from that. Uh, we also dive into her hunting background, which is diverse um, and very interesting as there's uh, different styles of hunting uh, throughout, the, throughout the U.S. and they do things a little bit differently down in Florida than they do in Wisconsin, which is, uh, which is really interesting to learn about. As always, um, go ahead and take a listen, jot some notes, and enjoy. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to mention a word about Gundog Outpost, the store for the Gundog owner. You'll find just about anything you need to train your Gundog, from bumpers to e-collars to leads, and they have hats. New products are constantly being added, so if you are in need of new training equipment, Head on over to gundogoutpost.com and check out the store. All right, Bennett, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, as we get started here, um, first thing that I just want you to do, just give um, give a brief introduction um, of yourself, just your background, um, what you're up to with, uh, as it relates to gun dogs. So, um, I'm, I live right here in South Florida and, uh, right outside the big lake, Lake Okeechobee, about 15 minutes away. Um, so I am rather kind of new to all this. I'm still learning myself, but I have got with a couple buddies and had the awesome help of some pro trainers that have helped me get to where I am now. And it's what started the whole gun dog thing is I hunt. Me and my husband are huge hunters. We hunt during hunting season. We're never home. I don't even know why we had a house. <laughs> and I was the, when we came to bird hunting, I was the retriever. And then I got pregnant and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be running out here big and fat about to have a kid picking birds up. So I got my first lab and it just kind of grew from there on out on getting more experience and more dogs and having people helping people and then starting a gun dog business, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And are you, are you doing that business full-time now? So I am doing it full-time. I was a taxidermist for eight years now. And as much as I love doing taxidermy, I've always loved doing stuff with animals more. So I've decided to put my taxidermy, I closed my doors last month. So the COVID was a great way to kind of get out of it a little bit because due to the COVID, my suppliers were cutting us back and we waiting for weeks. So I'm finishing up what I have and I'm doing gun dogs and I actually start next month guiding two local outfitters. Excellent. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I've, I've done a little bit of guiding and it's, it's a blast and the amount of um, birds your dogs get and the experiences are, are pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm super pumped. And the one outfitter here, um, they have some top of the line dog trainers and 
the main guy's been doing this almost his whole life. He's just full of knowledge and he also does field trials with his labs as well. So um, they would be, he would be helping me a lot in more ways than he even knows. Sure. Sure. It's um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, having help from, from, from some local pros and, and having sort of that, that training influence, someone who's been doing it for a while. Get, you want to expand on that a little bit more? Cause I think we probably share a pretty similar experience as far as having someone help us get started in, in the gun dog area. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been awesome. So when I first started, all I wanted was just the dog to bring a bird, get a bird and bring it back. I didn't even know the hunt test stuff existed. And I was lucky enough that I found a, a, a local guy here, um, Scott Cormier, Southern Breeze Gun Dogs. And I reached out to him and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. And him and his wife took me under and they, they helped me with a lot of stuff. And then from there, re reaching out to other people, joining the, their local AKC club, reaching out to even more people and starting friendships with super experienced people. And it's, you don't realize, how, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's also some people that don't want to see you succeed, but there's so many more people that want to see you succeed. And I, we're all super grateful for everybody that wants to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's always, there's always that, that ugly side. So, you know, those people who, um, try to cut you down, but, um, you know, being involved in, in, in the gun dog area, the hunt test world guiding, what I've found is, is pretty similar experience to you is that there's a lot of people who, um, who are just there to help. They want to pass it on. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's like that with everything, you know, I, I also dog, I hog hunt with dogs and I deer hunt with dogs. I've been hunting behind dogs for 13 years now. Me and my husband got together. We were 15 and, you know, we've just been wide open dogs, dogs, dogs. I think we, we owned like 27 dogs at one time. Oh, wow. So, um, and it's the same, same with that. You have people that want to see people succeed. And then you have some people that just don't and you know, you just got to push the bad behind and don't let it get to you. Just keep pushing on and do what you can to help others as well. Even if you don't know everything, help with a little bit that you can, because if you don't keep, if you don't make it more inviting to people, not more people are going to join. And then five years, our hunt test world will be over before Absolutely. we know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, um, that's a, an interesting segue there as we start to talk about hunt tests a little bit and, and hunt clubs. Um, and uh, so how do you want to share how, how we met, how you, um, how we came to, to sort of know each other via social media? Yeah. So um, I had my Instagram page and I reached out, followed you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, they post some really cool pictures. And <laughs> I always love dog pictures. That's what I love to do too. My husband says I bought a camera just to take pictures of my dogs. I'm like I take some of my son, don't worry. <laughs> and um I was like, oh man, these pictures are awesome. And then I started looking into everything and we were hosting a training seminar. We had a professional trainer, Brett Lawson of TVL Retrievers from South Carolina come down and we reached out to a couple companies that were smaller companies trying to also, you know, make a name for themselves because we could reach out to big companies, but it's the small companies that we want to help promote most because that's what we are ourselves. So we reached out to you guys on a sponsorship and you guys were awesome. Sent us some cool stuff that people fought over the hat and, you know, who was going to get the tickets for it. 
so as far as that event goes, um, how, how long was it? Um, I know you, 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 um, you know, you brought a, brought a pretty well-known pro down, um, you know, how well was it attended? It was, it was, of course, you know, um, amidst all the, the COVID stuff as well. So just talk about that event, the planning that went into it and, um, yeah. So when we first started it, a buddy of mine that owns a, a, kennel down here key lime retrievers david tannen he's a really good buddy of mine and brett actually he co-owns a a stud dog with brett um and he said hey why don't we try to get a trainer down here we you know we don't have any seminars i'm like well let's do it he goes you don't even want to think about it i'm like no let's just do it so i reached out to brett which he had reached out to brett as well and i was like hey florida has nothing we are I love Florida, but we are so shafted because we're so far south on, you know, big events and we have limited hunt tests and everything. And I was like, let's do a training seminar. And it was brutal. It was in the middle of the summer. COVID had just come out. People showed up in masks. It was so hot. It rained on us. It had rained the whole week prior. Our field was flooded. We had to shuttle people to the tech bond in the back of the property in my pickup truck, David's side-by-side, and other people's pickup trucks. And then it rained on us. And so we had to shove everybody in everybody's vehicles. But it was, it turned out to be really good. We had a pretty good turnout for our first event ever. We weren't officially a club yet. We had, I think we had a 15 dog limit and we had 13 dogs show up. We had people come from South Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. It was a two-day event. We covered on the first day basic obedience, basic land marks, basic drills to do, um, just pretty much everything. Watch the dogs work so Brett could help evaluate the dogs on what they really needed help with. Showed us some really awesome drills to do on how to get your dogs the difference between lining blinds and marks. Um, for poison birds, and then um, the second day we went out the at the tech pond the. Pro- The event was held at the QHF, which is Quail Hunt, Florida. It's here in Palm City, Florida. And they have a huge, huge tech pond. It's probably a 20-acre tech pond that they built. And it was really nice. And we went back there, and he ran a couple of his dogs. And everyone got to run our dogs. And then he, um, we did some deep cheating drills, because obviously a lot of dogs wanted to cheat the bank. We did some land, water, land marks. And he really helped everybody push their dogs a lot more that the people don't have the help down here because a lot of them, you know, they, they come to our club trainings, but we'll have 50, 60 people come into a club. So we try to spend one-on-one, but it's so hard to really focus on one dog and cover all the help they really need. It, it really is. And I mean, if you have, if you're having that kind of club turnout, so I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin, I've been to some different, some different club things that, I think the biggest club event I went to like a training night had maybe 30 dogs at it, which was a lot. I mean, that's a lot of yeah. dogs to run through, you know, even if it's, even if you're just running, you know, um, three marks in a blind, that's, that's just a lot of dogs to get through in a, in a short period of time. Um, it, it truly is. I mean, even for all levels, I mean, if you have the master level dogs that we try to set for three marks and then we have the senior level dogs, the junior level dogs, and then you have the puppies and, you know, I love getting out there and working with them. I go out there, you bring a little hand pistol, hey, 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 shoot, throw. 
and you know work from up because and some people get discouraged but it's like don't we were all here all of our dogs were puppies once you can't rome wasn't built overnight and neither was the best dog in the nation every fc dog was once a puppy doing the same thing that we're doing with your puppy here so yeah that's that's really good advice you know i can i can speak from experience you know the first group training i went to you know, I was nervous as all get out because you show up, there's other people, other dogs, and that, there's always dogs that are better than your dogs, especially when they're, you know, six, nine, 12 months old. Um, but the, you know, my mentor, you know, he gave me some, some words of wisdom, which is don't try to win training day, go and, and run and, and let your dog show you what you need to go work on. Oh, for sure. I'll never forget my first training day. I showed up with our local AKC club, the Treasure Coast Retriever Club. And I had a, my dog was about four months old and he was, I mean, I had already dove hunted over this puppy. He, I was doing marks with birds in the yard. He was doing so good. I showed up, he went, sniffed a bird, turned around, come back. We threw a bumper. He, I was so embarrassed and I was like, well, I can't really be embarrassed. He's a puppy. And, you know, but some people just forget about that. They, they all want the finished product, but, you know, they don't realize that every even the best trainer started at with somebody learning something, you know? So, yeah. And there's, I can tell you um, also speaking from experience that there's nothing, nothing more embarrassing when you're first starting out than when your dog blows up at a training day uh, and, and goes out and uh, refuses to pick something up. Uh, Cause I also had that happen uh, at yeah. a training <laughs> event. Uh, there was, I don't know why it was a, it was a, there were, you know, three blind or three wingers out in the field. And the first one had a, had a duck. The second one had a bumper. He goes out and picks up the duck. He goes out and um, on the second one, which is a bumper, he steps on it and then refuses to pick it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I would, you know, it's, you'd have the, you know, the bird boy out there helping and, you know, it's a, what do you do? You know, especially as a new trainer, it's like, I don't even know, I don't even know what to do, what, you know, what type of correction or how I should handle the situation. Um, yeah. I think, you know, that's the benefit of, of, of group training though, is you have more experienced people there who are there to help you through that too. Oh, for sure. There, I mean, we have awesome people that come from all over the state. We have people that drive four or five hours to come train with us and they go to seminars and their knowledge is amazing. And, you know, it's so great because you have so many people there that know what they're doing and they can step up and be like, Hey, let's try this. Or, Hey, let's walk down the field a little bit and try this. So it's just, it's so great because, you know, and, and you make so many friends off of it and where we host our um, training days now, they actually offer memberships, dog training memberships. So a lot of our members went and got their own memberships and they actually are, do their own training days, just a group of members as well, besides our club training days, which is awesome because, you know, then they can work their dogs as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm fortunate enough to be in a small group. It's not, it's not a club. It's just, uh, you know, someone who, who owns, you know, some property put in a pond with, you know, um, you know, a point off of it and a channel and, um, you know, there's usually, you know, between six and 10 people who show up at, on Monday nights at the, the training event and, you know, everybody's there and it's focused and, um, you know, I, I can, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to train at, you know, higher levels, um, or have been this year and, you know, you still cannot, um, beat the advice that you get from people who have done it before. And the guy who owns the property has had multiple, you know, 500 point HRC dogs and, wow. you, you know, he knows, he knows how to train. 
um, you know, and the amount of little tips and advice that he's given me uh, has been has been you know immeasurable this past summer here. So I'm I'm excited to to get back to that next summer after hunting season, which just opened up yeah. around here. So, um, you know, you mentioned you know the the big event, and you weren't quite a, weren't quite a hunt club. Are you are, have you officially started a hunt club now? We have. So we as of August, we are official an HRC club. We decided to do HRC instead of AKC because we already have an AKC club local to us. And actually where they host their hunt test and where we're going to host our hunt test is less than a 15 minute drive. So we wanted to really work with them and not against them. So we figured maybe, you know, something in the future, we could do club training days on the same day, same piece of property or even on separate property. So people that drive three hours can do both on one day and maybe do some like a double stake hunt test where it's AKC and HRC. Um, so yeah, as of August, I think 23rd, we are official HRC club and it was, it was hard, let's just say, especially during COVID to get everything together because we had to, you know, get our members rolling. I had some wonderful board members, um, my buddy David, my buddy Mark, and my buddy Michael. They have been awesome. David is just full of knowledge. And if I ask him anything, he's like, oh, I know, or I know someone. He's been super mark is my go-getter guy i'm like hey let's do this and he's let's do it i'm like i haven't even told you what it is he goes i'm there and then <laughs> michael he's the same way he's awesome and he's made all of our wingers for us and put in time and money that you know he's just volunteered to help us out too for the club so and thankfully we had the other akc club and they have been super helpful with us on trying to get us started on what we need to do and helping us plan our, you know, our first hunt test. We have to host a preliminary hunt test within 12 months. So as of right now, I think we're pushing for February. Um, if we don't get an extension, we're hoping to get a six month extension because of COVID. I'm hoping they let us pass that, but if not, we're going to have to host it in February. So, but it'll be cool. And the, everyone's been so great. Our members that have, you know, experienced members have stepped up and helped us from, you know, our training days, working wingers and bringing their own birds because we're new. We're just starting out with everything. And, you know, a couple people have supplied bumpers for us. And I had some people that went out and they said, Hey, we'll buy a, we would like to donate to the club, a Remington 870, which is the gun we have to use. And this person says, well, you'd like to donate, you know, bumpers. And so it's been, I say it's been a, a rough journey, but it has been a wonderful journey so far with everyone's so helpful and supportive because everyone's just so grateful. There's another retriever club training around here. Yeah, absolutely. How, how long of a process is it? How much work is involved to, to actually start a hunt club? So I couldn't really give you a full answer on that. If it was probably not COVID, it probably only would have been a couple weeks. But because of COVID, I think the HRC was super backed up. I mean, I sent registration papers for a dog and they took 12 weeks for one of my dog's registration papers. But they, they say that, you know, because of COVID, they've had to let some people go. So I understand that. But I think in all in all, it took us four months 
And it really wasn't that bad. We had to reach out to the regional director and I had to have a meeting with him over the phone and we discussed a couple things and to make sure there was no other local HRC club, which there is one, but it's across the state. It's in central Florida. So it's a good two and a half, three hour ride away. So they said we weren't too close. Um, I had to get print some papers out. We had to do some bylaws, have, you know, our board members, uh, supply group or, or group members, people that would be interested. So it wasn't so much as starting it up as it was starting to collect everything to start our training days. Sure. Sure. It's, um, there's a lot of equipment that, you know, if you're, if you're not so involved, if you're much. not involved in a hunt club, um, or you're not a part of like a board acquiring all that, all that equipment, um, storing it, um, you know, ensuring that it's in good working order for, for training days. It's a lot. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I didn't even realize how much, I mean, I knew there was a lot, but I didn't realize like how much a lot and, you know, our local AKC club, they have wingers and they let us borrow a winger, a couple wingers to use. And then we actually, my Michael, who's our sec or treasurer of our club, he fabricated all of our wingers off of their wingers. So it was nice because we got to save a little bit on the wingers that he fabricated. And then we just had to buy all the releases, pulleys, bungee, stuff like that. Sure. So, and they gave us a, um, they let us borrow a bird hanger to, to draw a drawing rack. So he fabricated our drawing rack and he's fabricated our gun holders. And I have a, another lo local company, a swamp dog cut gear. It's actually a hog dog company that makes protective cut vests that I've known them forever. They're going to be making all of our holding blinds for us out of their material. So it's really, you know, everyone that kind of steps up, steps together. You don't think of, okay, well, we're going to need two wingers for started, but now what if one breaks? We need an extra one. So it's just a lot of extra stuff that you don't think about that you need for everything. Mm -hmm. Cause stuff, stuff always breaks. Always. Everything breaks. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that stuff. Cause it gets so much use, you know, yeah. if you, like if you, if you, I, I have, I have, you know, three, I have four wingers now cause I won one at a hunt test um, this year. Yay me. And, you know, I had my first one, though the motor went out on it. So I got to replace the motor on it. And, you know, that's just me using it from time to time with basically my dog or, um, you know, occasionally my buddy's dog and he owns, he owns his own kennel. Um, so it's not like it's getting used like it would where if you have 20 or 30 dogs running through a setup, you know, once or twice a week, depending on how many training days you're doing. Yeah. And we were doing, when we first started, cause we were trying to build so many members, we were doing a training day every three weeks. Okay. So, I mean, these wingers and we didn't have, we, I had my own personal wingers. I had my two gunners up wingers that were my personal ones. And, uh, David had one of his personal ones and we would have members that would be like, we have wingers. I'm like, please, can you bring them? Like we need wingers. And you know, we were lucky enough that a couple people had them. If not, we were hand throwing and using a, a blank pistol, which is fine. You know, everything, hey, if it works, it works. We all start somewhere. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. but and that's how kind of we started is I always had access to property. 
And I would always train with a group of people. Like you mentioned, you train every Monday night and I would train once a weekend. Well, then I would invite this person who would tell this person and post the pictures on the Facebook. So then this person would be like, Hey, next time you train, can you, can I come? Can you invite me? So I would bring that person, that would person would tell someone else. And there was one day I had like 20 something people and the landowner showed up and he goes, I said you could train dogs, not host a party. I'm like, it is, we are training dogs. And he's like, we can't have 20 people out here. He goes, I'm okay with five. But I'm like, well, I understand, you know, everyone's just so happy these days. You don't, you can't blame them. So mm -hmm. that's why I was like, well, we need to do something where we need to have insurance and we need to make sure that get with a good piece of property, that people are okay with large numbers of people. So that's when we reached out to um, Fox Brown Outfitters. It's here in Indian Town, and they are a high fence wild game preserve. So they they've been talking about doing something for their retrievers for a couple of years, and they said, "Okay, let's do it." So they built us our first tech pond. We have a couple more going in. I can't say how many because they're still undecided, but we have several tech ponds going in, and they have their memberships and. You know, they've been so great. And they're like, hey, let's host events out here. And they just hosted their own retriever training day that we assisted them on, which was a huge kickoff. They did free food, everything. Wow. And it's pretty cool because it's one of the only places I know you can go train retrievers and be driving out there and have red stags and axis deer and pure Davids and water bucks. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is just, we were training the other day. And we just get done training. We were shooting a gun with poppers and everything. And these big peer David just run right across the field, right in front of us. And I'm like, yep, that's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> what, what continent am I on here? Yeah, I know. People are like, we've never seen anything like this before. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. Me neither. <laughs> so the, is, this the, um, is this the place that, that I see you um, post pictures of all the time with the really technical yes. water? Okay. Okay. Yep, it is some is really nice water. Yeah, they have. They did awesome. They did a great job with their tech pond. They worked with me and um, a couple other really experienced people in our area and built the pond based off of all of our opinions. And they've drawn up a couple other ones that they're going to get started on. And so they offer their retriever memberships, which is also a discount on their, their hunting, their bird hunting as well. So it's really a place like if you have a membership to for a retriever obviously the whole reason of having a retriever is to bird hunt you know which a lot mm -hmm. of people don't that hunt test and that's perfectly fine but then they can go if they are on the membership they can go dove hunting for like a fraction of the cost and use their dog and they have they can go duck hunting use their dog and go to tower shoots and use their dog so it's really like a a win-win for everything mm -hmm. it's um it's it's amazing to hear about the collaboration that's taking place down in Florida between HRC and AKC clubs, um, you know, between, you know, the, the property owner or the, you know, the access to property, um, you know, the, the, the high fence, you know, farm that um, is putting in tech ponds. That's pretty amazing. And it, and it's really nice to see because um, it's not, it's not that way everywhere. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's I, hearing it and listening to it, um, you know, it brings a smile to my face because that's, you know, in this world, it's just a, the dog world is so small. It's really nice to see that type of collaboration take place. Oh, 
for sure. And, you know, besides the Fox Brown Outfitters, we also have the, the QHF, the Quail Hunt Florida, where we held our seminar at. And they're only about 20 minutes away from our Fox Brown. So both of them have agreed to let us train on both pieces of property and use both properties for events. So, I mean, God forbid if something happened and we couldn't use one one weekend, you know, like let's just say the Fox Brown Outfitters, they have a huge airboat buggy show coming up in October. So they were like, hey, you can't come out here this weekend. We could always go to another piece of property and train. And, you know, now the other place is mostly an upland group, but they've taken us in and they've, you know, they've let us go out there and work and train. And a lot of those upland guys also have the, like the draw thars mm -hmm. that are versatile dogs and they come and they hang out with us because they want to do the retrieving work as well. And, you know, then we meet more people and mm -hmm. have more people, you know, to train with and do stuff with. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's really interesting. You know, uh, you know, I've, I grew up doing a lot of upland hunting, you know, and then got into, you know, the hunt test world. Um, but you know, the, the retrieving work that you do in preparation for hunt tests and how some of those concepts carry over to, to retrieves um, that your dog is going to make in the upland field. Um, you know, it, there, there's a lot of synergy there. And, um, you know, for those, it's cool to see those people, um, you know, wanting to work together and, and, and get some of that work into the more that the more that we can band together as a community. I just think it's a, it's a great thing. Oh yeah. Because once you, you know, and there's probably some people that have conflict and like, oh, well, retriever guys this or upland guys that. But once yep. we start, stop doing what we love and start fighting each other, we've just pretty much given up our sport yep. because there's people out there that are trying to ban any, they think that we, you know, we force our dogs. And I could go outside, open a pen, drop my tailgate in my truck and my dogs are loaded up grabbing bumpers. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, if I leave my door cracked open to my shed, I have bumper. It looks like it rained bumpers because they just want to work, you know, and people don't realize that. So, you know, yeah. I love how people, I mean, we have upland guys come and help us at our training days and they're like, we've never done this before, but this is awesome. I'm like, well, come on, let's do it. You know, let's, mm -hmm. and you know, being an HRC club, we're allowed to do upland events. So we're mm -hmm. actually working with trying to do some upland training days with our retriever days and possibly holding an upland test as well. Cause I know there are central. Okay. I, I, I apologize. I'm not sure if it's central or mid Florida, but one of them is AKC one is HRC, but our local HRC club that's in the central area, they are hosting their hunt test and it is also has an upland on it. So, you know, these people are like, we didn't know that your clubs could do this. I'm like, yeah, we, we can do everything. Like let's do, if we could host shed competitions down here, shed hunting competitions, I'd host them too. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. It's all, it's all fun, right? I mean, it's, it's all, all the tests do. They give you an excuse to go out and, and train your dog and play with your dog. That's what I say all oh, the time. Oh, for sure. And um, Upland, I get, speaking from experience, Upland tests are a blast to run. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So if you, if you end up starting that and, and run, run your dogs and I think, I think you'll have a really good time. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm going to go to my first one at the, the club in November. So I'm going to go and I probably won't run a dog at that test. I'm probably going to go up there and just, cause it is our other local HRC club. I'll probably volunteer and hang out and see if they need help with anything and just try to get on everybody's good side. So in case, you know, we need help with something later on that someone would 
you know, take that into consideration. Oh, she was nice and she helped us. So um, I plan on going over there and hanging out for a whole day and just, you know, watching and learning myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, I want to, I want to transition. We've talked a ton about, you know, hunt tests in that world. And you mentioned before, you know, your hunting background, right? And, you know, you train dogs so you can go hunting. Uh, Just tell everyone about, you know, your hunting background, what you prefer to, what, what's your preferred species, you know? Um, how many um, different species are you, are you pursuing all that good stuff? If it, if I can legally kill it, I'm, I'm hunting it. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to sound like a murderer, but I hog hunting with dogs is my life. Me and my husband, like I said, have been doing that for a long time. I have dogs here that are 500 years old and they'll still go hunt a hog and, you know, from bay dogs, catch dogs. We've had our own line of dogs, everything. Every hog dog in my kennel is related to each other. I've never sold a puppy off of my dogs. I give them the people that I know are going to use them and take care of them. And, you know, there's nothing funner. We don't kill the hogs when we hog hunt, believe it or not. We will, we catch them, bar them, castrate them, turn them back loose for someone else to, you know, catch later down the road and just kind of a fun sport. I don't know why, but we just enjoy it. And then, gosh, deer hunting, that is we hunt a little bit differently for deer. We're not stand hunters down here in South Florida. We are fortunate enough. We're allowed to use buggies and airboats. And it it made me so lazy (laughs) because we we do, we ride on the buggy and the airboat and we'll throw up our hounds up in the front. And if they smell one, they'll bark. And the faster they bark, the closer you are. And you know, that buck jumps up, you have 30 seconds, not even three seconds for to judge if he's legal make a decision and take a shot and you know if 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 you feel like you can drop a dog if it's legal time of the year to drop your deer dog you go sit out you drop your dog and you sit out at a crossing and you wait for him and you know it's gosh it's something else it's totally different you know big bird hunter not a big gator hunter unfortunately i'm not a fan of gators i despise them down here in Florida, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I've lost four hog dogs, the gators, including oh. my pet Jack Russell that wasn't even hunting, but got caught by a gator that was cruising on my road looking for a mate during mating season. Wow. So I just, I refuse to pay the state the money to go kill a stupid gator when they're ridiculous. <laughs> And then big fisher, we love to fish. We are down in the Keys. We were down in the Keys last weekend. We're down in the Keys all the time, dolphin fishing, um, lobster diving, uh, you name it, coyote hunting uh, with calls and thermals. And, you know, we, we pretty much do it all. You do. It's, it certainly sounds like you are, um, you are well-versed. Um, and I, it's pretty amazing, actually. You know, you're able to do that much hunting, um, you know, you, you put on a big event in the midst of, you know, something that's unprecedented really in our generation, um, with, with, uh, COVID, uh, going on. Um, now you started an HRC club. Um, you, you, you got st- your full time in your dog business, shut down your tax consumer business. That's a lot to do in, in one year. Um, so kudos to you. And I have to, I have to ask, so what's, what's next? How do you, how do you top 2020 from an accomplishment standpoint? given everything that you've done so far we're just gonna roll with it not really sure what's next take uh one day at a time i guess i 
you know, I would love to, my goal is to obviously, you know, keep training dogs. I love this. I think this is awesome. I, I enjoy the heck out of it. And I have a couple dogs of my own. I'm working on trying to get them titled. I want to get one of my females, a, you know, a QAA title on her and my other female master title. And, um, I would love to actually start my own breeding program. I have another, I have a stud puppy coming next year, but I want to do quality, you know, red Fox red labs. Um, You're speaking my language right there. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just feel like everyone down here has black labs and I love black labs. When I first got my first lab, all I wanted was a black lab and my one female's black, but she's from red lines and she's a red carrier. And, you know, I just feel like, Unfortunately, most of them are bred for color and you can go online and look at, you know, quality black lab puppies and they're going for cheaper than what red puppies go for that are only out of like junior hunter dogs. I'm like, why you guys, let's make some quality dogs. Like don't just sell them based on their color, but mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, it is it's going to be hard, you know, as with anything, but we want to try to work with that. I want to have a nice line of some quality red dogs that is going to put back down here in Florida. There, there are none. There's, we don't even have a single pet line of red dogs. You know, I had to go out of state to get my dog. Mm -hmm. So I'm going out of state to get my next one and probably out of state to get my other one. So, but, and that's a problem just in general in Florida. Most of our labs down here are, from, you know, pet lines, which is fine. My first lab was from pet lines and he, that dog, I sold him to a Casey Leitner with Clay Gully Outfitters. And that dog picked up over 2000 birds his first season with Casey. And he was from pet lines, not a single title in his generation for, or pedigree for like six or seven generations. Mm -hmm. So, um, he had it in him though. Yeah, he did. He was, gosh, his first dove hunt I ever bought him on my husband was like why are you bringing this puppy this thing's gonna ruin our hunt and uh he retrieved 23 dove that day for us so between me my husband and my buddy he retrieved all of them and I was like what do you, what do you gotta say now you yeah. know and he, <laughs> he worked up from there and he would do it all you know he would dove hunt snipe hunt duck hunt I used him to retrail deer blood recoveries um I didn't try to hog hunt him, but he, if I had a hog in my pen here at my house, he'd sit there and bark all day. I'm like, come on dog, quit. <laughs> Did dock diving with him. He found me a couple sheds a couple of times. Not that I shed hunted him, but you know, he, he would do everything. Yeah. And yep. you know, just goes to show that, you know, just for some people, it's about the dog. It's not even about what's behind them. You know, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, there's um, getting a dog that has a really strong pedigree is your best, really probably your best insurance as far as getting the type of like hunting dog you want, or, or test dog for that matter. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that dogs out of lines that aren't as good aren't going to be um, incredible. You know, my dog, my dog is not does not have a tremendous pedigree. There's a um, guy that I train with in my, my training group, his dog um, he has a chocolate lab and uh, he picked up a nice plate from master national last year uh, with his dog, which was a five originally going to be a $500 meat dog, no pedigree at all. And that dog is straight fire. 
I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't sit at the line. This dog crouches. Um, yeah. And you know, and he, he, he lines him up on a blind says dead bird. The dog does the same thing. He says back and man, that dog tries to, tries to walk on water. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. some, some it's, are just born with it. They really, some are. are just born with it. And you know, like you were saying, I had a female and she come from a super nice pedigree. I couldn't get her to retrieve Jack squat. You know, she just didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to sit here and force a dog that didn't want to do something, you know, because gosh, I don't like running. And I would be mad if somebody forced me to start, you know, running marathons or something <laughs> like that. So, you know, but that male that I had that I sold, you know, I've trained, actually I have a, a dog here right now from the same breeder and she's super soft but she loves it too but i just trained a male from the same breeder as well and he just didn't have it you know so it's just like you said it's not always a guarantee with either way you're just helping your hot odds or taking a chance Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely all right so i we're winding down here um i have i have a selfish question for you and this is because my dog so in, in Wisconsin, believe it or not, it does get really hot in the summer. And my dog tends to struggle in the heat and had some issues where he had to take some time off before testing, which, you know, wasn't, wasn't great. And we didn't get the outcome that we wanted. Um, and you're down, in, you're down in Florida where it is um, really warm in the summer and yet you are, you know, running dogs. How do you, what is your advice for training in the heat? How do you, how do you Condition do it? How- them in the heat. So think of it like this. If you're getting ready to run a marathon, and you only train on a treadmill in the AC with a fan blowing on you, and you can run five miles like that, you're not gonna go run five miles in the heat. So, you know, don't just train in the mornings, early mornings, late evenings, go out there at the hottest time of the day, start slow, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, slowly work your way up. If you notice they're starting to get sloppy, you, you give them a break. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, people, they don't do that. They, I have, I had a guy come to our training the other day and he showed up at 12 o'clock. It was late by the time he got there and he ran his dogs and his dogs just struggled. And I'm like, you're done. Like, you know, he was getting very upset and he's like, well, it's just too hot. I'm like, it is. But these guys have been running their dogs. I said, see this dog running right now. This is the fourth time we're running this dog today. And because he's conditioned to the heat, you know, it's, it, it, it sucks. You know, I go, I get done working and I just look like I got done swimming. I'm drenched, but you have to slowly build them up. And a couple of things, you know, just for you to know for heat wise is obviously overheating a dog. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen a dog truthfully overheat, but I have because of my hog dogs, they just, they don't stop. And if they stop, they'll, They'll just go until they kill themselves pretty much if they run. And once they overheat, it actually fries their brain and they're never the same. I have one now, it's 10 years old and about five years ago, he overheated and he can't run around my yard for 10 minutes without having a mini heat stroke episode, even during the winter time. He, if he barks about 20 barks, he's hot. You know, so a couple of things to always carry with you, rubbing alcohol. If they get hot for rubbing alcohol on their chest, it'll, it'll cool them down instantly. Um, You want to keep honey, honey on their gums will bring their sugar levels right back up and help you out 
Pedialyte with a syringe. Ask your vet for, you know, your, ask your local vet for some IV fluids. And if you have to, pop them under the skin. Don't do big, big um, balls of it because you'll get bacteria in it. Just do little clumps of it every, you know, here and there. Just don't, if your dog is to the point where it can't even walk, do not lay the dog down in water. That's the, oh my gosh, that's the biggest thing, you know. My buddy one time, one of his hunting dogs overheated and he carried it to a ditch and laid it in the ditch and the dog died. You know, it puts their body into shock and people don't realize it. It's hot. We got to cool it down. You cool it down too fast. You just killed him, unfortunately. And, you know, just there's so much, you know, ice water will flip a dog's stomach if they're hot, you know, so make sure it's room temperature, even a little bit warmer is okay. And, you know, but definitely get them used to it. You know, my dogs are all kenneled out here. Clients, dogs, my personal dogs are kenneled outside. So they're in the heat all day. They love coming in the AC. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm -hmm. if I go work in my taxidermy shop, they're sitting there at the door, like, please let me in. I'll let them in. They, they love it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but just do a little bit, you know, outside every day. And if you have an area next to you, like I have a pond on my property here where I live and we'll train for about three minutes, water, three minutes, water, you know, constantly let them cool down. And, but you got to check too, because if it's super hot, that water gets hot and people yep. don't realize it. And they're like, let's go put the dog in, you know, the water and you touch the water. And I'm like, man, that's hotter than my shower. Yeah, no, I think, I think there's a lot of good advice. Um, it, within that, right? And I think, you know, I can use it. Hopefully some other people can, can use some of that too. I know I'm going to go back and, and jot some notes and make sure that I pick up everything that you said um, for next summer um, when things get yeah. out of Wisconsin again. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, ideally I would love to train in the mornings and in the evenings before it got too hot. But, you know, dove season opens here in three weeks and it's hot. You know, if we don't mm -hmm. get our dogs accustomed to the heat, that first you know, first couple months of dove season, they're going to overheat. And, you know, we have hunt tests. And if your dog isn't used to it, the heat, then what if you don't run till two o'clock in the afternoon or one o'clock and it's already hot, you know, then the heat mm -hmm. got to your dog as well. So, you know, even if you just have to leave your dog outside and let it just sit outside, not tied up, but leave it out in the yard or something like that. So it can get used to being outside even if it's just playing ball with it, you know, grabbing a ball, doing some fun bumpers, just get it used to exerting energy in the heat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a lot of really, really good advice. Um, conditioning, 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 conditioning. That's what it comes down to. And yes. There's, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of ways you can do it and it can be simple. Like you said, with the ball in the yard and, and building up to, to more advanced stuff and, and more, actual training techniques and, and drills and such. Yeah. Just you, the biggest thing is just learning how to read your dog. You know, you know, when your dog's hot and obviously if it's starting to walk, like it's drunk, it's you're done. You should have been done 10 minutes ago if it gets to that point. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's the biggest thing is people, some people, they have a goal set in mind. They're like, well, the dog's going to do this today. Well, no, it's not like you can't, <laughs> you can't make it do something. And the more frustrated and then it's hot, you know, so you get frustrated. There's some days I'm like, I'm done. I'm, 
aggravated. I'm too hot. And I know if I ask a dog to do anything right now, and if it messes up one time, I'm going to just go ballistic and I'm just going to just scream. So, you know, you have to take it. You don't want to, you wouldn't want to be worked over, over a mountain, the heat, neither do they, but you, you know, we have, you know, my husband works outside in the heat every day. He's, they do underground pipe road construction, everything. And, you know, he's accustomed to it. He can work all day just fine. But he says the guys that come right off the bat, they have to slowly build up. Otherwise they're going to have a heat exhaustion and, you know, they're going to try to heat stroke out within the first week. Mm-hmm. Yep. It makes sense, right? It makes, it makes, it makes a ton of sense. All right. I have, um, I have a few rapid fire questions for you that'll fire off. Um, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and, and wrap up. I know we've been talking for quite a while. So, um, First one is how many dogs do you currently own? Oh my gosh, like twelve. Okay. <laughs> are they all labs? Are they? No, are they they're not. Hospital? I only have two that are labs. The rest of them are uh, blue ticks, red bones, cur dogs, bulldogs. Um, so just the two labs are the only labs that. Well, I guess three. I kind of co-own my old male. I kind of own him a little bit too. Okay. Okay. So maybe like thirteen dogs then. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky 13. Yeah, lucky 13. Uh, how, how many hours a day do you spend training? Um, probably about five. Okay. Five to six hours. I usually try to start by the time I get back dropping my son at daycare. I usually start about nine o'clock, nine to three, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three. Yeah, about five or six hours. Okay. That's, that's a good amount of training time. That's a, it's hard to work a lot of dogs and to continuously do it. It's, it's a, it's a mental and physical grind. So that's, that's, um, that's a lot of training. And then from a training standpoint, um, are there any programs, um, that, that you adhere to or that you follow or, you know, training influences from some of the, like the, the top programs or top trainers out there? Yeah, I really like the Bill, um, Bill Hillman's, his online stuff's really good. And then, um, oh my gosh, I'm having a blank right now. Hold, give me one second. Let me grab my DVD right here. I have a total, the total retriever trainer with Mike Lardy. That's a really good one as well. There's a couple of books, um, that I like by Tom Dokin, the retriever trainer. Um, mm-hmm. those have been awesome when I first got started and the advanced retriever trainer as well. And there's lots of pictures for people that need an actual, I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So people that need the visual learning, it's got a lot of pictures in it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, those are, those are all really, really good resources. All right. Uh, how much time do you get to hunt given everything that, that you have going on? Um, not so much as I really want right now. My husband gets to hunt more than me, um, (laughs) because I also have a, you know, almost a two-year-old son. So if I could bring him with, like he came with us last week and we went hog hunting on the airboat he came with. So, but we, we used to go like six nights a week and then every single weekend and back when we were in high school, we used to skip school to go hunting. So <laughs> that is amazing. Six, that you, you were living out a, a dream six nights a week of hunting for a lot Yeah, of we would, we would load up our hog dogs and we would go hunt and our ag teacher would let us park our truck in the barn and we'd keep the dogs in the dog box in the barn and go to school and then leave and go hunting again. I don't think our parents seen us at all for like three weeks at one time. They're like, are you guys okay? We're like, we're alive. We're just hunting and schooling, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> this is important stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last question. Are you um, planning to come to Wisconsin at any time for any hunt tests or, or training purposes? Um, as of right now, I don't have any plans to go that far. I'm actually going to Alabama this month and then Georgia next month. And that's already, wait, I'm like, oh, so far. I would love to try to do some hunt tests because your hunt tests, I think, are during the summer. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. So I would definitely try to get planned with that as I get further along. But right now, I'm just trying to get senior titles on my girls. But when I get a little bit further, I'd love to try to make it out there and try to do like a summer a summer trip as well to get everything. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll book a hunt or something one day and then I will sneak up there too. Sure, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If you do, um, just, uh, just shoot me a note. I'm going to know what test you're running. So, okay. All right. Um, that's it for questions. So, um, before we go though, Bennett, what, why don't you give everyone, you know, the, the name of your training business, um, and, and how they can get in touch with you. Yep. So, um, my training business is Southern striker gun dogs. We have a Facebook page. We're working on our website now. It's just not completed yet. Um, if you guys wanted to take a striker is spelled S T R Y K E R, um, after my Jack Russell. And that's actually my taxidermy business as well. Southern striker taxidermy. So if you guys wanted to look it up, we have a Facebook and an Instagram page. I forgot the other half of your question. I'm sorry. Oh, no, just, just how they can get in touch with you. What's, what's okay. the best way they can reach yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you can get in touch with me. Um, I, my phone number also is like 772-215-9648. Not sure if I was supposed to give that out or not, but um, you could always, <laughs> you could always okay. shoot a text message, even if you have questions and, you know, or if you're just coming down to Florida, if you are coming to visit Florida and you're like, hey, I want to bring a dog. Let's go train. I want to use your, your property to train. I'm, let's do it. The more people we train with, the better, the more we learn. So absolutely. Absolutely. And what is the, what is the name of the HRC club that you started? We are the South Florida hunting retriever club. You can also find us on Facebook and our website, www.southfloridahrc.com. Perfect. Perfect. So folks, if you are down in Florida looking for a trainer or a club, um, you know, to join, um, go ahead and go ahead and, and look up Bennett and Southern Striker Gun Dogs um, and, uh, and get your training started with your dog. All right. Uh, that is it. That's all I have, Bennett. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Um, really appreciated diving into your story. Um, you know, all the things that you've accomplished in the last year and, and all the great advice that, that you were able to offer. That's it for today's podcast. If you could, please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with another gun dog owner. If you have another 30 seconds, please leave a review. I'm constantly looking for ways to improve and make the podcast better, but I can't do that without your feedback. <laughs>